Hello everyone and welcome to Overwatch Now, your one-stop shop for all things Overwatch related in both the casual and competitive scene. My name is Music Man and tonight we got some interesting changes happening in our wonderful, wonderful game of Overwatch. But before we go into all of that, quick shout out to Dudes Media Network for hosting not only our podcast but other podcasts like Breaking the Lore with Sarah's girlfriend Nissa and Nissa's girlfriend Sarah. So... No, so, um, yeah, no, yeah, just big shout out, thank you for no, hosting, uh, no, thank you for hosting us, so you have this wonderful episode coming, brought to you, I don't even know what I'm rambling about anymore, but, um, yeah, so why don't we just hop into it, we, let's start off with the patch notes, so, we didn't get any patch notes on the live client per se, like, if you go in and go into either competitive or arcade or quick play, everything that was mentioned in the last patch note is still there however we did get a new experimental card for tonight so why don't we go over a bit of what the experimental card entails so the first thing that we see is a nerf to genji now i've had people tell me that genji is one of those broken heroes that really they needed to have nerfed him quicker so so to speak but i don't personally believe that Genji is that broken. Like, in, in the right hands, Genji is super, super pow powerful. And there is a lot of enabling that needs to happen for Genji to pop off the way that they do, unless, of course, you're certain DPS players, like, for example, like Sparkle or EQO, or in this case, Super. But, but um, yeah. So, anyways, what they did with Genji is that they reduced the damage output from the Shurikens, from 30 per shuriken to 28. So they reverted that. I I don't even know what to say about the damage. But I'm not a Genji player myself. So I can't say much about the damage output. So the reversion for trying to like keep, th make keep things in check with him. I guess it makes sense. The secondary fire, the recovery is increased from 0.65 to 0.75. So it takes a little bit longer to recover from doing the trifecta everything else is still the same like you still have the same angles for the right click you still have all of that's the same but they just they kind of nerfed the rate of fire by increasing the uh delay between shots no shots i guess that's the only way that i can explain it for something like that but then we get a bigger nerf or no not even a nerf this is a buff to to uh moira so the only nerf aspect in Moira is the Biotic Grass, which is her right click, I believe it is, where the attached angle has been reduced by 37%. That is the only nerf. So it does need to take, you do need to be a little bit more precise for to actually right click people as Moira, which that I'm okay with. However, this is where things start to get interesting. The Biotic Orb for for Moira, which is her E ability for everybody that plays on PC, is one of the bumpers for anybody playing on controller or console. But um, yeah, the Biotic Orb, for the damage orb in particular, the damage radius has been reduced from 4 meters to 3 meters. So basically, where you are in position to where the orb is, that reduction for the orb to grab you has been reduced by, by a meter, which is significant in the game of Overwatch. What's even more significant 
are the following notes. The projectile's slow amount after a target is found has been increased from minus 72.5% to minus 80%. So what that means is that when the damage orb finds a target, it slows down significantly. And that's more to stay on the target. No, on the target, but this is Overwatch we're talking about. It's a fast-paced game, so that reduction is a bit of a nerve for the orb itself. What makes this whole thing a net buff for Moira is this. Damage per second now scales based on how close the targets are to the biotic orb. If they're between 0 and 1 meter, it will deal 150 damage per second. One shot to Tracer effect. No, effectively, and a baby diva. If it's between 1 to 3 meters, it scares linearly down from 150 to 25 damage per no, per second. Which, I find this interesting because it makes sense that the closer you are to a source of damage, the more damage you would be taking, versus the further you are, the less damage you should be ta no, taking. That part makes sense no, to me, so... I'm... Hmm... I've only played a little bit with the uh, impact of the Moira Orb, and I don't know what to think about it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel impactful, but at the same time, I do notice a difference. If that makes any sense, what, no, whatsoever. So, right now, I'm, I'm neutral as far as how I feel about, about this. Maybe Dylan will have other, no, other notes when he, no, when he actually comes back from all this. And the one thing that they do note is that the normal damage orb on live is always 50 damage per per second. So basically, yeah, no. The fact that they went from a static damage uh, DPS to a linear DP, uh, DPS varying distance, uh, that that's a buff. At the end of the day, that's a buff. And the last thing from the biotic orb is the potential damage uh, the biotic orb can deal is unchained 200 damage total. Uh, total. So, basically, at max value, you deal 200 da uh, damage. That that part hasn't cha changed. So, it is a rework, but it is a rework in a buff fashion. And like I said, I don't think this has a heavy impact on Moira as a character, but it is a buff. And I do notice a difference there. Uh, there, so... Uh, so, um... Or... Actually, no... I don't even know what to say about this anymore, but what makes this a broken patch now is with the Fade ability. Fit now phases out all allies within 6 meters and self for 1 second after exiting Fade. So, if you don't know what Fade is, basically, Moira kind of disappears into a cloud for, for about a second. You can move around with a movement speed buff, and... And then reappear, and then reappears. Basically, during the time that she's faded, she can't be seen, she can't be targeted, she can't be impacted in any way, shape, or form. No form, and all CCs like antis clear. No, nope. actually, that's not really a CC. But basically, all all um, debuffs that you know, that were to happen, like you no, know, like antis, like uh, like um, I wouldn't even say huh. no. There's not really that many debuffs. It's really only anti, anyways. All of that basically disappears when Moira goes into Fade. Now, it impacts the entire team within a 6 meter ra radius, which is significant. 
significant. This basically is a buff is a buff to brawl. When you think about it, it can be a buff to to a dive if more is played in dive. But but um this this to me is interesting because it's like it doesn't. The rest of the team still can be targeted. They still can be focused that down. What happens is that is that um. Hmm. No, I'm reading the patch notes again, and it says phasing makes a hero immune to all damage and and effects. It will work exactly like Reaper's raid form and Moira's own fate effect in this regard. So what that tells me is that basically with fade, now that it affects the entire team, the team can still do all their stuff. They still can be seen, but with but they just can't be damaged or CC'd or anything like that. And if it and if somebody gets anti'd and more uses fade, fade, then it clears out the anti's and stuff like and stuff like that. So yeah, this is the part where a lot of people are saying is making Moira busted as a hero, which I agree. Uh, I agree that the fade does not need to be changed at all. The fade is fine as it is. Fade is one of those. It's one of those difficult abilities to balance because fade on Moira is sustainability. is is an escape route. route. It it's it's a it's utility for for Moira for Moira, which makes her one of the better anti dive supports in in the game. Not the best, but she's pretty up there when it comes to being anti dive. Anti dive. So. And they tried patching the fade before. Before they made it so that you can use fade even when you're stunned, which was busted as all hell. So they ended up reverting that. I think that they should revert this as well. There, there really is no need to to change fade as an ability. As an ability, there's nothing wrong with fade. So the way I see it, biotic the biotic grasp nerf. That I'm okay with that going through the biotic orb rework. I'm okay with that going through. Fade cannot go through. Blizzard, if you're listening, do not put Fade in the live client. It is not what Moira needs. And as far as what Moira does need, I'm still on the side of Moira needs a, a way to up the value of her healing output while you know, while simultaneously nerfing the value of her damage output. But that's more of me wanting to nerf damage Moira play players, so so to speak. Which damage Moira, I understand. It's a viable comp. It's something that can be done. No, that can be done, and it's another way that Moira sustains her herself. But it, but like I've been saying, it's a balancing act. Like I understand that Moira gains heal resources from damaging, which is fine. Just remember to heal. That's my only complaint. That's my only complaint. Basically, find a way to make it so, you know, so Moira, so Moira players can easily can. I wouldn't say easily, but find a way to help Moira players balance out the healing versus damaging aspect of the hero. Of the hero, do that, and I think Moira would be in that sweet spot that she can't be touched. Anyways, so that is it for the. Patch notes for this week. No week. Just a couple of hero cha changes on the experimental. 
Now it's just a matter of waiting to see what Blizzard has to say about about that. But thinking of changing things around, we actually have a few players that got moved that got uh, moved around. So first off, this actually happened. I I, I got wind of this when the episode went live for last week. No leak. What last week? There we go. And the first the first move that I'm going to talk about is the retirement of Baby Bay. Baby Bay is or was a DPS player for the San Francisco Shock and then moved to the Atlanta Reign and now he is retiring from competitive Overwatch uh, from competitive Overwatch from Overwatch League. So he was a good player. Like he had a toxic at attitude, but that was most of Overwatch pros at the time and still now, really. But um Excuse me. But yeah, no, I just wish Baby Bay luck in whatever he decides to do. Maybe go into Valorant or something like, not like that. Can't really say for sure. Moving on, we have uh, we have SMT or Awesome Guy. No, I don't even know. I don't even know what he's going not going by. Like from what the Twitter said for the London Spitfire, fire, they tagged SMT, but they also put in the graphic Awesome, no Awesome Guy. So my only assumption is that they're the same people, but they parted away. But basically, the team and the player parted parted ways. And um, yeah, good luck, good luck, SNT slash awesome guy. So yeah, hopefully you'll find another team to uh, pick pick you up. I actually forget which role, no, which role he plays. So let me uh, figure that out. Assuming that I still can. Real quick, and the last thing, real quick, that. That um, oh, I can't find out. Oh well. And the last thing before we move on to the predict to my predictions for the uh, for the uh, matches this week, starting basically when the episode goes live, is that um, the San Francisco Shock pick, uh, picks up Natayo from uh, from Third Impact. Now, Tayo. My understanding from Third Impact is a DPS play is a DPS player from Third Impact. I don't remember if he play if he plays um what was it hit scan or flex no or flex the no, DPS but no, but um okay maybe maybe not I could be completely mistaken no mistaken but any, no, but anyway so time. So basically, the important thing is that another tier two player has been signed on into the Overwatch League, which you know makes me a happy boy. I always like see, you know, seeing uh, underdog players getting picked up by you know, by pro te no teams. Wish it was me, but whatever. <laughs> now I, I still need I still need to work on my own things to get picked up. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, and that's really all of the changes that happen as far as rosters and staff you know, stuff and all. And all that going on. So why don't we move on to the matches? We're basically in week two before the community, or no, not the community, the countdown cup. So the upcoming matches that we have that we have include on Friday, July twenty fourth at three p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, time, roughly the time that this episode goes live. We have Atlanta Rain three owing Boston Uprising. Need I say more? I Hope not. But uh, so moving on at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, same day we have Florida Mayhem versus San Francisco Shock. 
Both of these teams, I think, are really, like, extraordinarily good te teams. Like, I, I think this is a match to watch. I think it's going to go the distance 3-2. to two. I... We might see the debut of Ty, of Tyler. I'm already mispronouncing his name, even though I just said it. Tayo. So, so um, yeah, I'm expecting this to be a great a great matchup. If I were to give the team a three to two victory, I would actually give it to Florida. Cause don't get me wrong, San Francisco has always been looking strong, but at the same time, to me. I think they put super on the Genji when they face against Boston as a troll, not a troll peg, but granted, it worked out for them. But at the same time, it's against Boston. I don't think they're going to do that for you know, for their match against Florida, which is why they picked up Tayo. So, yeah. With that, there are the, uh, I wouldn't say complications, but there still is the um, nerves of the first match on in a tier one team, team that I think will get to Natayo because going from tier two to tier one is a significant leap as far as skill caps go. There you go. Like, don't get me wrong. When you're playing at the 4.4 and higher K, K levels of Overwatch, everybody's trying their absolute hardest to get their their win. However, oftentimes the difference between a tier two and a tier one team involves the coordination and the soft skills within the team the teams themselves and within the players and having Tayo just being a recent recruit that that will have an impact on San Francisco synergy and I do think that it will be enough to for Florida to get the win here granted it's not going to be an easy fight to win to win for Florida like it's going to it's going to go the distance every way shape and form i i would not be surprised if we saw a draw or two ha happen like maybe on volskaya if they play volskaya but yeah no this is going to be the match to to watch here moving on we have soul dynasty versus shangdu hunters at, and this is happening on saturday july 25th at 4 a.m eastern daylight time so Here's the thing. I was expecting Chengdu to get rolled last time. But they turned up. They put in a mang. They ran the dive. They ran all of that. And they reverse swept New York. So that being said, I think that Chengdu is going to get a 3-1 victory over Seoul Dynasty. Seoul really only knows how to play the spam comp. Any, any other comp, they're just not as strong, uh, as, strong as their spam, as their Arisa Sigma. While Shengdu, the dive style composition, the dive style of Overwatch is literally their bread and bro no, their bread and butter there. No, there. Like, I don't even know how else to uh, say it. So I think that this is going to be a three to one victory for Shengdu. I think they're going to be on an upswing. But please keep a Meng in the lineup. You really don't need a. You, this is going to sound harsh, but you really don't need to put a Ting in the main tank role. No roll. Like all you need is a main. Just put in a main. A main will. A main will do most of the work. No work. Like the only time you really would need a ting would be to run the brawl style composition. But even then, brawl nowadays involves Orisa and and Sigma. So 
really just keep them hanging, let everybody else do their things. You're good to go, Chengdu. And now at 6 a.m., we have the Shanghai 3 0 wing. There's London Spitfire. I say 3 0 wing because I believe that Shanghai is still the best team in the uh, APAC region. You really can't change my mind there. I don't think anybody can change my mind. Like, yes, Guangzhou did beat Shanghai in the summer show. No, showdown, which, I mean, props to Guangzhou, that was not an easy victory for, no, for them, so really, congrats to Guangzhou for, no, for that, I can praise them all I want, but the thing is, is that people do have off days, and I'm not saying that that victory is a fluke, we're gonna find that out in the countdown cup, no cup, but just because a team loses to arguably the second or third seeded team in the region does not mean that there's not the best team in the league any, uh, anymore. So with that, I think that Shanghai is going to get the 3-0 over London. I don't even think it's going to be a match. Like, I know it's at 6 a.m. Eastern Daylight, but still, it's like, that's one you can literally sleep over. Now, at 8 a.m. On, no, on Saturday, July 25th, we have New York XL versus Guangzhou Tard. I wanted to root for New York. I want to root for New York on this match as well. I want to say New York is going to beat Guangzhou 3-2, but I know that that is not going to happen. Guangzhou just proved that they're one of the best in the APAC region, so I'm going to give it a 3-1 victory to, uh, to Guangzhou. I want to give New York the benefit of the doubt. They, they've, they put too much effort to just start falling apart now. Now and they're full of great players too. They have Haxel, they have Mono, they have Ha, Na Hotba, Jonag, Anima, Na Anima, Safe, Na SBB. They have a, a roster. They have a stacked roster that can work together. But Guangzhou is proving a force to be reckoned with. So, and New York has got to be feeling the loss from, from uh, their match against Na Shengdu. So, just shake it off, New York, but. Really, I want you guys to to win until you show me that Guangzhou is going to take a 3-1 victory. Now, moving on to the 3 p.m. match on Saturday, July 25th. We have San Francisco Shock versus Vancouver Titans. I want to say that it is a 3-0. This is the perfect opportunity to say San Francisco beats Vancouver 3-0. Easy. Moving on. Moving on. But at the same time, I want to give Vancouver the benefit of the doubt here. Like, yes, we. I probably sound like a broken record, but Vancouver is a new roster. Effectively, they're a new team. Their team, but they've looked so good in the past few, few games that I want to see them take at least one map or maybe even one round off of the San Francisco Shock ma that matchup. So, for now, I'm going to say it's a 3-0 San Francisco Shock. If Vancouver gets a draw, I will be happy. If Vancouver gets a map, I will be happy. Nah, happy. I will not count that as a total loss for Vancouver because it's expected that San Francisco is going to win at this point. No point. It's just a matter of how bad are they going to be to beat Vancouver. And I think Vancouver can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. But I'm still going to say it's a 3-0 in favor of San Francisco. Moving on. We have Florida Mayhem versus Washington Justice. Justice has been kind of struggling outside of the... Uh, Arista Sigma composite, uh, composition. 
Like, don't get me wrong, they can still run the Genji perfectly fine. Tuba's been amazing on the Genji. No, on the Genji. So, they still have things going for them, but it's a struggle because Washington does not have the best tank lineups. I think, I personally think that the only team that has the worst tank lineup, and that's not even at fault for the tank players themselves, is Boston. But it's, but it's like in a game where tanks are supposed to create the space for their DPS to pop off and also for their you know, healers to support both the tank players and the DPS play, you know, players. It's like you need strong tank players and as good as War and Janu are in their respective ro you know, roles, I don't think it's enough. I, I don't think they have the synergy needed to be able to beat Florida here. Here, so I'm going to say it's a 3-0 in favor of uh, Florida in this matchup. And yeah, I, it's one of those, I want Washington to do better. I want them to prove me wrong. So, ugh. Feels weird me saying that. Anyways, moving on at Saturday, July 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight, we have Boston Uprising getting 3-0 by Dallas Fuel. I'm going to pull this up. I want Dallas Fuel to put in some of their unknown play no players or not unknown players but they're bench players for the no for this one because Dallas Fuel can easily 3-0 Boston Uprising running Goa Decay Gamsu Note Clo no, Crimzo and no, and Paintbrush I want to see no, I want to see Closer put in I want to see AKM put, no, put in I want to see Harry Hook put, no, put in because I think that I really think that Boston is so bad that Dallas Fuel can put in the the, the players that, that are basically permanent bench at this point and still get a 3-0 victory over them. I want to make that bet. Like Dallas is going to get a 3-0 regard no regardless. But no but I want it I want that if Dallas puts in their bench players, I want that to be a testament of how bad Boston is. is. And I know that that's going to be a hard take. I know Hard take, hot take. I know that one of my teammates is going to base, basically flame me for saying for requesting something like that because then Boston would just roll over. No, I don't think Boston has the capability to roll any team at this point with how they've been playing and how they've been performing. And you can make whatever excuse you want for the team. You know, for the team, bottom of at the end of the day, they need to get the wins, and that's not and that's what they're not getting. So yeah, three zero Boston. And I want to say that Dallas can get the 3-0 even with their bench players. So, so yeah, enough of me rambling. Moving on to the final match of Saturday. We have Philadelphia Fusion versus LA Gladiators. This is going to be a difficult one for me to predict. Well, not difficult per se. It's going to be a Philadelphia Fusion win. But as far as the scoreline goes, I want to say it's a 3-1. I do want to say it's a 3-1. It is most likely going to be a 3-0 because Philadelphia has just been looking so, so strong. Like, they can, they can play anything to their advantage and play it well. So, with that, I'm going to say that it's going to be a 3-0 in favor of Philadelphia. As much as I want to say that LA Gladiators have space, they have Mirror and Kevster and playing the same... A roll and they have bird ring in the lineup as much as I want to say all that Philadelphia has the stronger lineup here here no matter who you put in so I can't really argue against that 
Look at that. So, 3-0 Philadelphia Fusion. Moving on, on Sunday at 4 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we have Chengdu Hunters versus Hangzhou Spark. Hangzhou, I will admit, surprised me last week. When they got the 3-0 last, last week, I was legitimately shocked. Like, I do, I was not expecting Hang, no, Hangzhou to be able to perform as well as they did. So, congrats, Hang, no, Hangzhou, on breaking your lost streak. Let's see you do it again, because you are up against an, another team that broke their lost streak in a reverse sweep fashion. They have that momentum going for them, as well as a potential boosted momentum from beating this old dynasty, and that is in the Shangdu Hunter. Hangzhou is going to have to rely more on the leadership of Architect here now more than ever. Because Shangdu, like they have to, like they kind of but not really have to rely on on basically running the dive and doing all of that and doing all of that just to secure a win. It's like there are things that need to happen for both teams to succeed. And right now, I think the edge is going to go to Shangdu. I think it's going to be a 3-2 in favor of Shangdu. I do not think that Hangzhou is as bad as they started this this season. So 3-2 in favor of Shangdu. And I'm expecting this to be another match to watch, despite the fact that it's going to be at 4 a.m. on Sunday. So watch the VOD. I know I will watch the VOD on all that. We'll see what happens. And then finally for the APAC region, we have Shanghai Dragon 3-0-wing Soul Dynasty for the very same reason that I say that Shangdu is, is going to 3-0 Soul Dynasty. No, 3-1 Soul Dynasty. That's what I had said. Has said. And Shanghai is... There's really not much to say about Shanghai that hasn't really already been said. Like, it's expected Shanghai is going to win this. I'm saying it's a 3-0. You can fight me on that. Moving on, we have on... Sunday, July 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we have Paris Eternals up against Los Angeles Gladiators. This is going to be a Paris Eternal win. No win. I want to say that it is a 3-1 because Paris Eternal is not quite the Philadelphia Fusion. I think Philadelphia learned a lot from their loss in the Summer Showdown Finals. But at the same time, Paris is Paris is still a top two team, no team in my book. So it's really hard to to um, vote against Paris taking the win here. So I can't say anything other than the 3-1. Like 3-1 is the best that LA's got as far as not a loss goes. And yeah, nothing much more than that. Up next on 5 p.m. we have Toronto Define going up against the Philadelphia Fusion. I think that's going to be a 3-0 in favor of Philadelphia Fusion for the same reason why I think it was going to be a 3-0 for Philly against LA Gladiators. Like, Toronto's good, but they're not that good. They still have a lot of things that they need to work on. And, yeah. Moving on to the final match of the weekend. The match that I'm probably going to be uh, tuning in the hardest to see is Houston Outlaws versus Washington Justice. Now, you can make the argument that these two are the bottom of the pack te net teams. Do and to that, I say that I hard disagree with you. I think Houston is better than Washington with the lineup that they've been run, running. Like, no, like I know that 
they've been running hydration in the main tank. Roll and hydration has been getting a lot of practice in after Nomuma has gotten a wrist injury or something like like that. Uh, like that is confirmed by his stream. But it's like, uh, but it's like, it's to me it's hard to go with Washington here, here, because as much as I would rather see them run a Hackfist comp, because their dive is good. Houston's dive is very good. They're good. As much as I want to run a Hackfist, I want to see them run a Hackfist uh, comp with Laze on the Doom instead of the Genji. I know that that's not what's going to ha that happen, and I do think that that is going to give an edge for the Houston out Outlaws. Like having Dante on the, you know, on the Sombra really was working wonders for, no, for Houston, despite, you no, know, despite the uh, loss that they got in the Battle of Texas last, you no, know, last week. But still, it, it was a fun match that you know, that day, and I think that is going to be another fun match to watch as well. I'm going to say it's a 3-1 in favor of Houston here. I think Washington is going to get one map. If they get any more than I have. At that point, I will admit that Houston does not do well in map 5 scenarios. So, yeah. Please win on map 4, Houston. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That is all for the matchups for this week. We are still on the same hero bands, but... No, by the way, so we will not be seeing any Orisa, we will not be seeing any Anna, we will not be seeing any Widowmaker, and we will not be seeing any May. So Dive is still a viable option here. Next week, we probably will be seeing back the Double Shield meta. We we probably won't see the Genji as much, so I don't know what the DPS lineup is going to be, be but still looking forward to all the matches coming forward. And now, but I'm gonna go over my no my uh, predictions one no once again here nay here. So first off, in the bottom of the seat, no bottom of the uh, APAC no region now. Then now I have the London Spitfire. Like every other team in the APAC re region, when I go over and watch the and watch the VODs, but you know, London just I can't even say I can't even make a defense for no for no London so until that changes they're just at the bottom of the pack no, pack for no, me up next no, in the number six spot for no, for the APAC region Hangzhou Spark they no, kind of stayed the same like they've improved a, no they've improved a lot I will give them that I will give them that. But the reason why they stay the same of where they are is is because of my number five spot for the APEC region, Shangdu Hunter. Like, it's not easy getting a reverse sweep, no sweep accomplished. So, big props to Shangdu for getting it done, done, and all, and all of that. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Shangdu versus Hangzhou because I think that will also help determine where I should place the seedings. And again, I, I'm putting these seeds and bracket forms for a lot of my team so for now London is in his own bracket at the bottom of the uh, pack for my number four five and six seed which are Seoul, Chengdu and Hangzhou respectively I any one of them could take any spot there and that is the next bracket up 
Then we have New York Excelsior at the number three seed. I want to put them higher, but they have they have to perform better. They really do. They have to perform better. They have to beat Guangzhou. They have to beat Shanghai a few times, times, and maybe I'll bring them up. But until then, the top two the top two teams at least in the bracket is for me is Shanghai at number one and Guangzhou at number two. And these are both strong teams. I'm not saying that Guangzhou is going to be the number one seeded team in Overwatch League permanently. But at the same time, I'm not saying the same thing for Shanghai. Now, hi, both of them have the potential to go toe to toe with each other. And to me, Guangzhou just needs to be Shanghai once to, to get that seed. So next time we see them again, might be at the or the Countdown Cup. I don't know why I keep on calling it a Community Cup. It's a Countdown Cup. No Cup. Countdown Cup. No Cup. But... But yeah, no, we won't be seeing... We won't be seeing another Guangzhou versus Shanghai until potentially the Countdown Cup. No Cup, so... So yeah. That's going to be fun. fun. I feel like the APAC region is the easier one to make a, a power rankings list on simply because there's less teams and it kind of all of them solidified their spots more or less so to speak but moving on now to no, to the north american region, no, region so again the bottom of the rank the bottom bracket for the north american region is boston uprising for for me at this point there's really nothing much i can i can say about about the uh, power rankings for North America, like, like again, everything that I've said, I said about the bracket system that I have for my power rankings still hold, no holds merit. Like Boston is by themselves effectively at the bottom of the power rankings for me. The next bracket system that I have, I have is actually that's the part that's changed. So. The next bracket that I have, or the next cluster, is Vancouver, Washington, and Toronto at 10, 11, and 12, respectively. Now, all of them, I think, are fantabulous. Can I say fantabulous? Fantabulous te teams to work with. No, to work with here. I think all of them have a decent shot at performing be better in this week's ma matches. They just need to, you know, go do it. And Anyways, anyways, from the from that moment on onwards, the next bracket, which is actually four teams this time, is LA Valiants, LA Gladiators, both LA teams, and both Texas teams, Dallas and Houston. The top three I feel like have been struggling, except for maybe Dallas, who just got a a reverse sweep off of Houston. But Houston still, I think, holds a lot of potential. They just need to find whatever whatever it is that they need to fix fix it and then win and then keep on winning that that way now moving on we have the next set of brackets which is atlanta rain and florida may no mayhem both of them are really having intermixing between the two but for now i have atlanta at four and florida at five and then we have our top three which is san fran paris and philadelphia all of them in a league of their own effectively but I have them at 1, 2, and 3, respectively. So, yeah, it, at this point, it's for more than obvious reasons. And that is going to wrap up this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to give us a follow and shout us out 
you know, shout us out for, you know, for, um, your friends and all, and all that. Once again, big shout out to the you know, Media ne Network, and tune in next time for, you know, for Overwatch Now. Your one-stop shop for all things Overwatch. Have a good night, guys.